The information given in this podcast is general in nature and you're advised to seek your own independent financial advice from a qualified advisor before investing your money. Money, money, money. money. The biggest unanswered question is money. Money, the money. money. Where is the money? And now, reinventing the way you invest, how to value the best stocks and buy them for less than they're worth. Welcome to Valueable, the podcast with your host, Roger Montgomery. Hi, I'm Roger Montgomery, and welcome to this episode 14 of our Valuable podcast series, How to Value the Best Stocks and Buy Them for Less Than They're Worth. Well, in the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about how the market's expensive, and it's likely to produce low returns if you blindly buy the index. If you don't want to buy the index, and you're looking at individual stocks, or even if you're investing with a fund manager who looks at individual stocks, it's going to help to understand this. Which stocks should you buy? Well, I want to return to the concept of quality. And I actually want to suggest to you in this episode that you've got a very good idea of what quality is. It's just that the information's been delivered to you in a way that's pretty unpalatable. Annual reports with their cash flow statements and statements of position and so forth make it very difficult to extract the information that you need to uh, make a determination or an assessment of whether a company is good quality or not. Now, many analysts who have a great deal of experience spend all their time thinking about what comes out of a business and deciding whether or not earnings are going to grow or whether dividends are going to grow. Now, this is all valid work because there is a strong relationship between earnings growth and share price performance over the long run. But there's also a very strong performance over the long run or strong correlation rather over the long run between the return on equity of a business and its share price performance. And the thing with return on equity is it makes you think more a lot more like an owner of a business. And what I want to say to you is the reason why you think more like an owner is because if you're not an owner of a business, you own some shares, typically you care about the earnings per share and you care about the dividends that you're going to receive. You're thinking about what comes out of that business. But if you're a business owner, you're not only thinking about what you can get out of the business, you're also thinking about what you need to put in. And once you're thinking in those terms about a particular business, you'll very quickly be able to assess whether it's a good quality business or not. There's a business at the moment I'm thinking of called called Afterpay. And Afterpay is a consumer finance business. Uh, it, um, it is appealing to millennials who don't want credit cards. And what the business proposes to do is uh, to allow you to take the goods from the store at the point of sale and then uh, enter a contract to repay Afterpay and Afterpay pays the merchant for the goods that you've just purchased, and then you repay Afterpay in four fortnightly instalments, uh, in other words, over eight weeks, uh, and there's no interest to be paid, uh, but you will be paying a late fee if you miss any of the payments. Now, this seems like a good concept, and in fact, the firm is signing up an enormous number of merchants and an even larger number of customers who obviously don't want to pay up front for the goods that they're buying. Analysts are really excited about this company, and it may be that in the long run it does extremely well, and it beats all its competitors, who are obviously emerging very quickly to take advantage of this new trend. 
This is Valuable with Roger Montgomery, teaching you how to value the best stocks and buy them for less than they're worth. But the question is, how much equity or how much money does the business actually require as it grows? Obviously, it's going to have to borrow money, which it then uses to pay the merchants up front before it gets paid back by customers. There's a whole bunch of questions that I have about what happens when interest rates rise or when consumption falls, for example, during a deleveraging phase in an economy or where the economy goes into recession, but they're questions for a later time. All I care about is whether or not the business is going to need more money to be able to grow its earnings. How much of its earnings will need to be ploughed back into the business and therefore can't be distributed to its shareholders. And this is the way you need to think about investing in businesses. So let's take a step back from Afterpay and just think about the concept. Imagine you own a business that upon its commencement requires you to invest initially $10 million and not a cent more. In fact, you'll never have to put any more money into the business ever again. Well, in the first year, that business earns a million dollars profit. In the second year, it earns two, in the third, three, then it earns seven in the fourth year, and then 10 million and so on. If you sit back and you think, would I like to own that business? I'm sure you'll agree the answer is yes. But now suppose you own a different business, which also requires the same initial investment. You've got to put in $10 million up front, and it produces the same series of profits, a million dollars, then two, then three, then seven, then 10. But there is a difference with this business. This second business requires you to reinvest half the profits back into the business each year to keep producing the profit growth that we described or that profit profile that we described a moment ago, the one million in the first year, the two in the second, the three in the third, the seventh in the fourth, the 10th in the fifth, and so on. Which business would you prefer to own? Well, what's interesting is that some, even though the earnings for both businesses are the same, the second business's earnings or a proportion of those earnings aren't ever able to be distributed to you. They have to be reinvested in the business. And over long periods of time, there are plenty, history is replete with businesses that needed to plough a lot of their profits back in. You know, I'm immediately thinking of car manufacturing businesses. Uh, I'm also thinking of commercial property. You'll note that commercial property ages with time and an A class building quickly becomes a B class building, a C class building if it's not updated. So while rent uh, is earned by those buildings, and then uh, distributed to uh, shareholders or the owners of the buildings, down the track, those owners are going to have to tip money in to reinvent that building and for it to keep up with the trends and fashions of building design. So there's a couple of businesses where a lot of the profits have to be ploughed back. They don't actually belong to the owners. They belong to the business. And it's important to recognise the difference between these two styles of businesses. And what we're after are businesses that can generate very high rates of return and also good profit growth, but we want them to be able to distribute a large part of that profit. We don't want them to have a high proportion of what Warren Buffett once called inhibited earnings. 
In the next episode, we'll look at some more examples of quality businesses or compare quality businesses to poor quality businesses. We'll think about the question of debt so that you're armed to better understand what to look for when you're looking at an annual report of a public company. With that, as I always say, it's an absolute delight to be presenting to you. I look forward to talking to you in episode 15 of our podcast series. You've been listening to Valuable, the podcast with Roger Montgomery, reinventing the way you invest. Subscribe, rate and review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, castbox.fm or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stream on demand from our website. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Want to learn more? You can get Roger's best-selling book, Valuable, from Amazon or any good online book retailer.